What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, your main event, introducing the hosts of Wrestling with Freddie, Jeff Dye, and Freddie Prince Jr. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new episode of Wrestling with Friends, and this is the news of the week. A respectful shout out to the premier streaming network showcase and its new world champion, Matt Cardona, who wore a Freddie Prince Jr. t-shirt on his path to glory and victory. Also, congratulations go out to Impact Wrestling, who have reached a milestone of 1,000 episodes. In AEW, Brian Danielson spoke on Collision and alluded to this being his final year in the ring. More on this topic on Unsanctioned Thursdays. Stay tuned, because we have much more to get to today on Wrestling with Freddy. Wrestling with Freddy. Well, welcome to the show, everybody. With me is Jeff Dye, looking like Logan from Wolverine and fresh off the boat from Alaska. How are you, sir? I'm feeling good. Alaska was fun. Yes, people can't see us. They can only hear us. But if you could see us, you'd notice that I've shaved my mustache, but I've left the beard. The rest of it's still there. That's because that's in honor of uh, you getting aggregated for talking about CM Punk. All these wrestling fans. (laughs) Well, not all the wrestling fans, but some wrestling fans giving you a hard time about uh, your comments about punk, which I didn't think were that controversial. Are they giving me a hard time, man? What are they They're upset just about? They're saying like, oh, you're kicking him while he's down. and you know. But here's the thing. While he's down, he just got a millions of dollars and doesn't have to work. Exactly. Also, <laughs> if you get fired and we comment on it, that's not us kicking you while you're down. You just you got fired. We're going to comment on it. That's how these things work. That's how the wrestling podcasts yeah, work because you comment on the things that happen in wrestling. It's insane. Well, I didn't I didn't know I upset so many people. So to those I upset, you're you'll be okay. <laughs> Everything's fine. And I'm glad y'all are listening. And if you're not listening, I hope you do. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> be more like Matt Cordona. Wear wear a wear a Freddie t shirt and be a fan of, of me and Freddie, you know? I think everybody should do that, by the way. I think I think we should record our, our podcast in Freddie Prince t shirts like Matt Cardona. I think everyone on W like everyone in the Judgment Day should for sure be wearing Freddie Prinze Jr. t-shirts like Matt Cardona. Like I think the Bloodline 
probably will be on on SmackDown. They'll be wearing Freddie Prince Jr. t-shirts just like Matt Cardona. And then on AEW, I'd be surprised if the Acclaim didn't come out in Freddie Prince and disappointed if they didn't come out in Freddie Prince Jr. t-shirts just like Matt Cardona. This weekend when I'm in Dallas, I'm going to be wearing a Freddie Prince Jr. shirt <laughs> on stage. That's that's a fact, Jack. Just like Matt Cardona. It's a fact. <laughs> I'm going to actually get a shirt covered in Matt Cardona faces and only record the podcast <laughs> in that from now on. That tickled me to death. Um, so, dude, this is way out of order. Okay. I don't mean like you're out of order. This whole, I don't mean like that. I just mean structurally yeah. out of order. Can we talk Brian Danielson first, please? Absolutely. Okay. So we're going, man, we should save it for, we should save it for Thursday okay. for unsanctioned Thursday. Save it. Damn it. I want to, all right, we'll save it. I love Unsanctioned Thursdays because I, I could spend an hour talking about the awesomeness of Brian Danielson. All right, never mind. We're going to go in order, everybody. A lot of people just got excited and are like, wait, <laughs> damn it, son of a... Ah, oh, whatever, Thursdays. Okay, so yeah, wait for Unsanctioned. It's just one more day. So Monday Night Raw, and this match broke my heart because his damn kids were in the crowd. Oh, my God, it just ripped me apart. The Intercontinental, as he calls himself, heavyweight champion, Gunther, versus Chad Gable. This was the main event, and this match was everything I hoped it would be. It was everything it was supposed to be. Both guys looked phenomenal, and those sons of bitches cut to his kids when he lost, and his little girl just like, I mean, explain. at least they cut away fairly quickly but they let you see her vomit emotion and the <laughs> tears come out and she started crying and they're like all right we've tortured her enough cut away but oh my god man imagine this footage that they're gonna replay the first time chad gable wins a world championship because oh, yeah. you know they're gonna go back to this footage and it's gonna have the music and slow motion and <laughs> The tears <laughs> flowing down and Chad Gable almost winning. And then he finally is going to like get a championship. Anyway, I loved this match. This is my match of the week. I shouldn't start the show like that, but I almost started it with unsanctioned Thursday. What did you think? Well, a lot of family there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's a lot of family there. I like, I saw, I, cause I originally, I didn't watch it live. And I saw like all the tweets of people like just screenshotting the family watching the match. And I was like, this is that's so dramatic. I mean, surely they should know that this is predetermined by Dude. this point. And some of the some of the even though even his wife's crying, you know, like it was kind of unusual. Bro, they were so emotionally invested. I mean, it was it was wild. Very exciting. Although I this is the first time I ever remember them like advertising that like this beats honky tonks standing record. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, have you ever heard them do that before, before it happens? Well, they usually don't even refer to his streak that often. I know Santino did when he, when he was going to have his consecutive days and it only got to like 13 days. Yeah. <laughs> he lost. But it was still funny, but I remember it was a fight for them. I didn't have anything to do with that. I really loved that that storyline they had to fight to for that storyline because vince didn't even like hearing about that streak so i don't i don't i don't know if that's why but yeah i don't i haven't heard anything like that but i don't even know if that's something i would remember uh, but that's a, what's why it was weird to bring it up it feels like so old it almost felt like they were spiteful towards the honky-tonk man 
Like, like, okay. He, then maybe the standing it is. record's gone. I was like, this is a strange way to even end the standing record. Also, because it was a loss, so it's kind of, I was just kind of weird. Yeah, man, I remember them saying that. I don't. I wish I could remember what the what the honky tonk man beef was. I'm sure it's just because he sued him for something. Oh, did he? Or I mean, if that, or sorry, that's your guess. I'm, I'm that's guessing, guessing, dude. I'm get. I'm guessing, dude. I, I I just know there was beef, and I and not like the meaty man meat beef, like <laughs> bad beef, like 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 a, a a problem that you have with someone. This is weird because I honestly didn't think they were going to split Jay and Jimmy up. Yeah, and now to see them on different shows. And they're giving each of them a hell of a shot. One as the ultimate baby face walking out through the people. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And the other is the ultimate heel who is betrayed and they're on different shows. I don't I don't know if it's gonna work. They got huge balls for trying it, and I really respect them for trying it, and I hope it works out. But we'll find out because if they become brothers in arms again soon, sooner rather than later, then you know it didn't work and they realize their energy together is better than than separate. But, and it hasn't been perfect with either guy yet. I hope it works and I think it's got a shot because Jay just has that certain energy that people gravitate to. He's like a sun and everyone's orbiting around him. And Jimmy is the more refined as far as the performance goes and he's doing a good job as a heel on smackdown but i'm really really liking what i've seen so even though a storyline thanks to cody rhodes for bringing jay over because i think that's gonna help both of these guys and i that was something that i wouldn't have had the guts i don't think to do to split them up i'd keep them together forever Anyway, what do you think, though? Do you, you think that, that, that the bloodline storyline is tired or does it, is this a sign that it's not like, what do you what do you think? It's just isn't it just another chapter in the bloodline? Like not every chapter is going to be the focal point, And that's OK, because there's a lot of other storylines that are coming to fruition. I love the opportunity that they're given to the almighty group with Montez Ford, Angelo Dawkins and Bobby Lashley. I like what they're doing with Judgment Day. We've got all the gold. Like, I, I think we're seeing a lot of cool rivalry. AEW's made trios kind of cool again. Right. And so I feel like WWE's seeing that and and taking a bit from, from their competitor, which is good. These guys should be inspiring one another, which is cool and good for wrestling. But I don't know if it's, if it's a tired storyline in the bloodline. It's just a chapter in the storyline. Right now, it's it's falling apart, and the bloodline is basically two dudes, and only one of them represents, because Roman is on a different work schedule as, as the champion. So yeah, man, I'm not hating on it, because they're giving Jimmy a chance to be this sort of outcast that everybody hates, <laughs> like everybody in wrestling hates, and they're giving Jay the opportunity to be the champion or the or the the wrestler that everybody loves and that's still directly connected to bloodline so to me that's all bloodline story what about you you think it's doo-doo well a great way to put it but my hope is that maybe the future chapters will be a little more a little less repetitive that's all but i but i, I hope that and yeah, I, I hope and agree that's fair criticism though ah! 
something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Would you like to talk some AEW Dynamite, or was there anything else on Raw you wanted, you wanted to touch Nope, on? let's do it at AEW. I'm like the biggest AEW fanboy in the world now, so... A.E. Dubs, the Squozen one, has lost the international championship. Of course he lost. He lost to John freaking Moxley, the werewolf, the death jitsu master. And man, he did some, he's been doing some cool shit in the ring with jujitsu, by the way, with his, with the chokeouts and stuff like that, man, and, and making jujitsu cool in a part. It's not just a sleeper hold. It's actually like a rear naked choke. And he doesn't, you know, lock the legs in so that, it's not real. You know, he's not trying to hurt him, but he's just badass. And it was sad to see Orange Cassidy have to lose, but he came out and gave us a quick promo, which was a nice oh. little appetizer for the MJF no. Samoa. The Joe Orange promo. Cassidy promo to open the show 
that's how over he is that anyone would accept that as an opening show promo. <laughs> Dude, it was super short. I it loved was it. what what do you they told me to stay home, but I didn't. This and then sense. and then goes, oh, I'm freshly squeezed and I don't have a catchphrase. I was like, this is dog shit. It was it, it made because I love I, I love Morris Cassidy. But to open a show. But that's his whole thing, Jeff. Even look at his entrance. Like the 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 billboard in the background says something cool here. I know. Think of something, whatever. And then instead of a pyro, it's just one little poof. It's just one Freddie, little it's like these target Everything shirts. Everything is mad. He's about as funny <laughs> as like a target shirt that like you'd wear in like ninth grade, where it's like a camouflage shirt. I and think then they- your reaction is funnier than the segment. But that was what Orange if does, nobody's, man. I didn't like it either for a long time. If nobody's perfect, I'm nobody. Or like a camouflage shirt that <laughs> says, like, uh, you can't see me. It's like, I, listen, dude, I'm down nobody's with the fake. Perfect. I'm, I'm, I'm done with the, I like the stupid kicks. I like the pockets. I've, I'm on board with most of it. But yeah. everything is some sort of, like, pithy, in like, corny joke. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. I like Orange Cassidy. Everything I don't want to talk trash. Even when it doesn't don't work. Don't aggregate me wrestling um, podcasts. I'm just saying like that. I, oh, you just, I have another podcast and it's called Talking talking Wrestling and I'm aggregating. Uh, I'd be bro. so jealous if you cheated on us with another wrestling podcast. Talk, it's not a, it's wrestling. That's, That's how I get away shit. with it. All right. MJF and Samoa Joe and... The master storyteller, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, who I've spoken so glowingly about, as well as everybody else who watches professional wrestling. This dude has been able to bring an element of reality into almost, almost each and every one of the stories that he's done. And when he's done this, and the opportunity's been there for a real moment to exist, he has he has knocked it out of the park each and every time from the CM Punk stuff to the William Regal stuff and now to the Samoa Joe stuff. And I talked about it briefly, Jeff, the story where he basically got an opportunity and he tells it better than I will. So everybody should go watch this. You can see it on YouTube. It's a, it's a beautiful piece of storytelling, whether you like wrestling or not. But he talks about an opportunity he had at NXT where he got to play security. And Samoa Joe treated him like he was a kid. Joe keeps calling him kid. He's like, don't call me kid. He's trying to keep his cool. Don't call me kid. And he gets pushed into this brick wall and treated like some punk kid because Joe could get away with it. Well, he's not a kid anymore. I'm not a kid anymore. I mean, he comes, he goes up and down with this promo. It's so beautiful. And he basically lets him know, like, your time is up. You're never putting your hands on me again, punk ass bitch. And Samoa Joe flips it on him and says, I didn't do that to you because I thought you were a kid. I just want that to be clear. I did it because I thought you were a bitch. And you see Max sell so hard. And then swap out five fingers to the face. And Joe just kind of takes it and laughs and is like, all right, man, you go ahead and get out of here. I'm going to win this tournament. And then I'm going to wrestle you for that title. And I'm treat you like a, like a punk ass bitch, basically. And he holds the rope open for Max and Max doesn't bite. And then he walks away and Max goes to get out. Joe kicks the rope right up into Max's nutsack, just boom, 
And Max goes down and sells and Joe's sitting there like, you stupid asshole. Of course you fell for that. And while he turns to the crowd to kind of gloat, Max crawls over and bow, bow, here's one to your ball sack. Just like Jean-Claude Van Damme in Bloodsport when he gets the sumo guy right in the balls. And now Joe's hurt and they go back and forth and Max is selling a, a stiff neck from having to wrestle so much, even though it's like three times in the last month and a half <laughs> for him, that's a ton. And they go back and forth and fight. And this is just going to be awesomeness. I cannot wait for this match to happen. They put real stuff in there and Joe can hang with him. Joe can hang with him on the Joe can hang with anybody on the mic, but Joe can hang with him on the microphone. He's never going to be as, as eloquent and as colorful as Max but his like basic shit talk skills are at a very high level, like a very, very high level. He's just not a storyteller shit talker like Max is. I know you love this because this was like seven minutes of gold. Yeah, I love this. And I loved I so I love MJF, as everyone knows. And I've always been a hater of Samoa Joe. Yeah, you yeah, are. I don't a like hater. Him. But here's the thing. It worked really well back and forth. I loved the whole segment or whatever. But I I don't understand how Joe Samoa Joe's getting this opportunity. I don't think that he's worthy of it, in my opinion. He is, dude. You just don't, you're, you're not seeing it. Like, he's the man. The crowd freaking goes crazy for him. They love him. Even with Max in there, they still scream, Joe, 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 um, Joe is going to kill you. No, they were you. saying, yeah, MJ is going to kill you because he said, "I'm because MJF was like, I'm going to kill you. And they started using Joe's chant against him. They started chanting, tiny dick. WWE says tiny balls. AEW gets right to right the to point. It, yeah. Like nobody cares if your balls yeah. are small. They care if your yeah, dick is small. Yeah, that's what we're measuring. Nobody's measuring balls. <laughs> See, why don't they aggregate that? <laughs> that's killer. I'm sure backstage Samoa Joe and MJF are shaking hands and, you know, you know, thick as thieves. But it's just like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch this match where I really don't like <laughs> where I really don't like Samoa Joe. And I super love MJF. It was also cool to see um, them really work the neck injury angle on MJF and the way um, Adam Cole came out and uh, helped him. Speaking of Adam Cole, it leads us to his other best friend with a bad neck, Roderick Strong. Yeah, Look, I don't always love what they do with this, but I'll give him this. He's way committed to the bit, to the point where by the time it got to him versus Darby on collision, I was like, I'm all in on this bit. I can't wait to see two guys that hate MJF wrestle each other to see which one gets to wrestle MJF, Samoa Joe and Roderick Strong. And I'm pretty sure Samoa Joe is the reason Roderick Strong is selling his neck in the first place. So this, the way they structured this tournament to get these two guys at the end is well, very well done. And, and shout out, cause I don't think a tournaments work very often and B, I don't think AEW has gotten the tournament thing Right. The tag team tournament only worked because Max and Adam were the show, but the matches were irrelevant. Everybody knew what was going to happen because FTR is not, not losing those belts. But they've done a really good job with this tournament, and I can't wait to see Roderick Strong and, uh, and Samoa Joe kick some ass. Yeah, I, uh, I, I liked the, everything about this, and I agree with you, except I didn't like the transition of Adam Cole and MJF with two of the doctors or, or giant security doctors, or <laughs> they look like the strongest, strongest doctors, trainers in the world. Awesome. Uh, but they were like getting MJF and Adam Cole out of there while while he was while Roddick's coming down, and it was like the weirdest transition of being like, you know, he's not okay, and he's like, well, he's not okay. That's your real friend. But uh, I think it was probably on paper a lot better than the way that the transition happened. It kind of looked a little clunky. 
but yeah, little old school. Yeah, little old school. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Moving on to Friday Night Smackdown. Fight night, baby. Too much to talk, but and we've already talked some some Jimmy Uso, L.A. Knight, my friend. He's got beef with Austin Theory, and he's got beef with Grayson Waller now. And Grayson was on commentary, and Austin Theory was wrestling L.A. Knight, and L.A. Knight got a clean, here you go, in-your-face victory, keeping him strong. The story that they told, for those who don't watch wrestling, but y'all just like to listen because you're awesome. Grayson Waller does like a talk show bit. We've talked about like the Miz doing this talk show bit. I'm not the biggest fan of it, but Grayson Waller can wrestle and he has charisma. He 
he has a chance to be a big star. I don't think they found the right vein for him yet, but that dude, that, that dude has something for sure. Austin Theory is due for some losses. He's been taken very well care of over the last few months, if not over a year now. And Grayson basically tried to interfere by untying the turnbuckle. And WWE does these kind of things really well when they shoot them. Sometimes they cut away from impact moves too quickly, which is weird. But when there's shenanigans, they cover it really well. Just look at any old Eddie Guerrero stuff. Yeah. So he takes the turnbuckle off the corner to expose the iron ring. And now that's going to be the focal point and the story for the rest of this match. And, and Austin Theory sees it from like the edge of the ring while the ref's back is turned. All this goes down. And he's like, all right, I'm going to slam him into this. That's his, it's his inner monologue. And so he brings LA Knight into the ring and he goes to spin LA or throw LA Knight in there. And LA Knight sees it and he sells huge and he reverses action. Oh, no. Oh, he gets slammed. Boom. But then he gets up. What? Get some of this power slam. Baboomski. He goes to throw. <laughs> well, that's what it sounds like. He goes to throw Austin Theory into it. Austin gets out of there because he sees the exposed ring and he walks right into some blunt force trauma, which is the name of LA Knight's finisher. And it was so smooth and clean. Just boom, face right in the mat. One, two, three. Yeah. I want to say one thing with the crowd. And I know everyone's going to disagree. And once you disagree loudly enough, I'll say, okay, fine. I, I, I'll back off. I'll back off. When he does his LA night elbow, when the guy's laying in the middle of the ring, you know what I'm talking about, Jeff? And he goes, LA night. And then he runs off the ropes and comes and he hits his elbow. The crowd should wait on the yeah until he hits the elbow. Yeah, it shouldn't be. L A night, yeah, and then he hits the elbow. It should be L A night, oh yeah, oh and then he nails the big elbow. Wouldn't that be better? I didn't even think of that, but that is infinitely better. I like that's. I think yeah, that's, yeah come on, the big payoff. Yeah, right on the slam. That's perfect. What'd you think about him doing the Kevin Nash thing, dude? I missed it. What did I miss? Well, in one of his promos, he said, "If I was a moron, I would use the word. I would say, uh, look at the adjective, but I'm not a moron." So, so <sighs> I know it's a verb because I didn't come to play, you know, which was just a straight. No, he did that because Nat. He did that because Nash has talked trash on him on his podcast. That's for sure why he oh, did that. Oh, for sure. For a little bit of context, back in the day in WCW, when they were, we, we had the Monday Night Wars, where it was like WCW has Monday Night Nitro and WWE or WWF at the time had Monday Night Raw and you couldn't just you couldn't just decide which which you wanted to watch you know you're like what do I you were changing channels back and forth back and forth like oh, I've got this is so exciting because there was so much good wrestling at the time Kevin Nash came to WCW he had like little word problems every once and again he has a track record of like just kind of saying the wrong word he kind of had mic flubs every once in a while and one of his biggest ones was he's like we didn't come here to play just look at the adjective, play. I'm not here. And it's like, so he, he botched the sentence. <laughs> That's all right. Oh, it man. happens. Yeah, but but people are on him for that. Come on, man. He actually pretended he didn't even know LA Knight's name on his podcast. He was going, go to that one, oh, no, go to that one night guy. What is this? What is this bozo? I like Kevin. Me too. Don't I love Kevin. Like I'm actually, I've been a. He was really good to me on that A&E show, man. I just thought he was the coolest guy and he was super I think he's one of the coolest dudes in all of wrestling. He's just not ever. feeling LA night. But a man. lot of these young guys uh, don't, you know, Punk doesn't like him. And a lot, they, or there's just always been some like hiccups with Nash and these young guys. Oh, no, man. There's always beef. But dude. 
the, for LA Knight to just answer back with a little thing like that was, uh, you know, I love Kevin Nash, but he, he was spitting some fire. And uh, I had to look it up. I was like, I don't even know what everyone's talking about. Like, how was this a slam on Nash? Yeah, yeah. Um, but well played by uh, L.A. Knight and also an interesting little back and forth. Maybe this gets Nash back in there. I don't care how old Kevin is. If he was ever like, yo, I want to do a match in the ring. I, you have to say yes, man. He only did like four things anyway when he was in there. Like he could still, he could do still choke slam. He could still sure. powerbomb. He could still big boot like that. That's and his, do the big yeah. boot. Yeah. But it, what I will say, though, is and, and smash you up in the turnbuckle. <laughs> oh, with that big side elbow. I think I kind of look like Kevin yeah. Nash, don't you think? I the grays coming in, like yeah. You look like Nash. super shredder. Yeah, like if I if he had like a skinny little bitch. Brother, no, that don't say that. Me. Everyone, <laughs> Freddie Nash, dude. Everyone compared to Come Kevin on. Nash is a skinny small bitch. And the dude's six foot ten. He's I don't even know how old he is, and he still looks like he could kill anyone. <laughs> dude, he's still super. Yeah, he's buff, huge. Man. He's so jacked. All right, man. You were just in Fairbanks, Alaska, if I my memory yes, serves me correctly. Cracking jokes up north. Your Instagram was making me laugh very, very much. Where, where are you gonna Where are you gonna be this weekend? This weekend, man? I will be in Texas, in Dallas area, technically Addison, but it's Dallas at a place called TK's Comedy Club. So check out that. Look up TK's in Texas comedy, and you can see me Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And you guys, we have some fun shows coming up for the next couple of weeks. A little change of pace. We're gonna do some deep dives on some old stuff. We're going to have an interview uh, with our friend Austin Romero. You know him as Mike Rome, the voice of SmackDown. And uh, we're going to talk about some wrestlers who became actors as well. Don't forget about unsanctioned Thursdays tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. This has been a production of iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.